on the cross. Uh, I was going to give you the opportunity. Did anybody want the notes? If you, didn't, if you didn't get the notes and you want them, just raise your hand and we'll get an usher to get them to you. But anyway, there, um, that first blank there, the gospel is a specific message about what Jesus did on the cross for us. And that good news, Romans 1.16 says, has the power to bring salvation into every area of our lives. And the first facet of that message is that the gospel is the truth that Jesus made it possible for us to be right with God by putting faith in Him rather than trying to earn it. Righteousness, being right with God, is not something that we earn. It's not because we do so good or work so hard or try so much. It's because Jesus made a way for us by His death, burial, and resurrection, and we put faith in Him, and that makes us right with God. So are you right with God because you're here this morning? No. Is it good to be here? Yes. <laughs> There's all kinds of great Christian behaviors like reading your Bible, praying, fasting. I do all those kinds of things, and I love doing them, and I do them because I love Jesus, but none of those things earn me points with God. There's no divine point system in heaven where you do a certain amount of good and that results in an answered prayer. All right? That's, there's, no, there's no barter system with, with God. Okay? You can't buy answered prayer. You can't buy uh, anything from God. We, we just receive it by faith in Jesus. And that's really exciting to us. It's encouraging, encouraging because it means that the basis of our answered prayer, our fellowship with God... And eternity with Him is the right standing that we have with Him through faith, not our works. The last point there in letter B, we are getting what Jesus deserves rather than what we deserve. That is something, amen, to shout about, something to be excited about. When we pray, we, we pray in Jesus' name. How many of you say that after you pray? Well, don't say it as just a religious exercise. Say it because what you mean when you say it is, it's as though Jesus were praying this rather than me. You believe Jesus gets his prayers answered. Of course he does. And if you pray in the name of Jesus, then it's like Jesus were praying that prayer. So that ought to give you some faith that God wants to answer your prayers. Well, this message that I've got for you this morning is the second point about what is the gospel. And this is one of my favorite truths. When I learned this, it changed my life. Now, I knew parts of it, but I didn't fully understand it until, I don't know, five or six years ago until I was, I was listening to this teaching actually on the way to Jose Peppers. Anybody eating at Jose? I would recommend eating there. I'd recommend getting the, the uh, queso, the espinaca, because it's amazing. It'll be what's at the banquet table in heaven when we get there. <laughs> Foretaste of heaven. That's, yeah, we pray on earth as it is in heaven. You can just go to Jose Peppers and you can get a taste of that. But anyway, 2 Corinthians 5.17, what is the gospel? It's this amazing message in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. The gospel is the good news that you're a new person in Jesus That means, letter A there, that you've been transformed when you accepted Jesus. That's a big difference between converting to another religion. It's not like converting to uh, Buddhism or converting to Hinduism or, or some other ism, because every other 
Religion is a philosophical shift. It's a change in the way I think. But Christianity teaches and believes that something actually happens on the inside of you. A transformation occurs on the inside when you accept Jesus. That's the major difference between us and pretty much every other religion. Now, what actually changes? Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 tells us this really important truth, that we are a three-part being. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, one of the first verses I ever memorized. Now, may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He lists there three parts of humanity, your spirit, your soul, and your body. When you accept Jesus, your spirit, your innermost man, the part of you that's, that was created to fellowship and, and connect with God and connect with heaven, that part of you was totally reborn, totally remade in God's image. Uh, Ephesians 4.24 bears this out for us. The Bible calls that new person that you become the new man. How many of you read Paul talking about the new man? Well, he's talking about your spirit and the fact that it was recreated. And Ephesians 4.24 bears this out. He says, Put on the new man, which was created according to God, in righteousness and true holiness. Now, does he say there that you need to change philosophically the way that, that you view life. Is that, is that what he's saying the essence of Christianity is? No. Now, is it important to renew your mind? Romans 12, 2 says that. But, but he's saying here you're supposed to put on this new man. It's like there's a new identity. And Paul, when Paul was writing, they had this custom for a long time in the ancient world that you dressed like your profession. And I could look out there and I could see, I could look at what all you, how you were dressed and I would know, okay, you're a lawyer, you're a, a cobbler, you're a, you know, all these different professions based on what you wore. Your, your clothes really were your identity. Now, it's still sort of that way, right? I mean, you can, you can tell things about people by the way they dress. I try to dress like a pastor. I don't know if I always succeed, but... <laughs> One time I went to the hospital. I did not look like a pastor because it was my day off. I looked terrible. And I went up to the, the desk because the guy was in the ER. And, you know, you're not supposed to really go back there unless you're family or the pastor. And the person looked at me like, who are you? I'm like, well, I'm their, I'm their pastor. They're like, okay. And so they, they let me back. They, I don't know. But anyway. But your clothes were your identity. And what Paul is saying here is, You've got this new identity. And so just like you would put on and, and identify yourself after this, these new clothes, wrap yourself in this new identity. Identify yourself after this new person that you are in Jesus. Jesus already made you a new person. That's not your job. Your job is not to become a new person. Your job is to identify with the new person that you already are. It's to... It's to See this new person that Jesus made you and, and let that be your identity. Put that person on. That's what he's saying right there. 1 Peter 1.23, we won't uh, turn there, but it says, You've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, of the Word of God, which lives and abides forever and ever. He's saying that Christianity is about a new birth. It's about an inward change that happened when you accepted Jesus. 
Colossians 3.10 says a very similar thing. We will look at this one. There's a, a million verses about this. I just wanted to share several with you here. Colossians, I'll just read it. It says, again, put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Notice the word created. It's a, it's a birth. It's a recreation of your spirit by Jesus' sacrifice. Now, there are two parts of, of what actually happened to you when you're a new creation. You died and you are reborn. And that's why I was excited to talk about this message as we do the water baptism because what water baptism is about is about what happens to you when you're born again, when you're made a new creation. And so letter C there says, there are two parts which are symbolized, death and rebirth. Many Christians suffer because they don't know they're dead. Others suffer because they don't know they're alive. I'll explain. Romans 6. Romans 6 verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now this is a question we've talked about previously. In Romans 5, Paul talks about that God loves us unconditionally. He doesn't love you more if you're perfect or not sinning. He doesn't love you less if you're messing up. His love for you is totally independent of, of our performance. And that leads us to this logical question, well, what should we say then? Well, why don't we just keep sinning? And Paul, Paul answers that question. He says, certainly not. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Notice verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. All right. There are two parts to this. Death and rebirth. The first thing that I didn't know for a long time as a Christian is that when you accepted Jesus, and it's funny here, Paul's saying, didn't you know that when you got water baptized, it was telling you this truth, that your old man died? Didn't anybody ever tell you that your sin nature is dead? Now that's a fairly radical statement. It's pretty clear in there. But a lot of people have been taught that, that your sin nature didn't actually die and you've got a, a good nature and a bad nature and those two are sort of at war with one another and that you just hope that the, the good one wins. Uh, but that's not what the Scripture says. He says, Don't you know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into His death. And then verse 6, knowing this, that your old man was crucified with Him. And then he goes on to say, in verse, uh, well, anyway, verse uh, 11, he says, Likewise reckon yourselves dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus our Lord. So reckon, figure out in your head that you're actually dead to sin. It's no longer your identity to sin. 
The reason this matters is, imagine you've got a snake in your house. How many of you like snakes? Imagine you've got a poisonous, okay, a poisonous snake in your house. Some of you would be okay with it. But, but imagine there's this poisonous snake in your house. There's a big difference between that snake being dead and you pretending the snake is dead. See, when I, when I was a Christian as a young boy, I was told, well, your sin nature is not really dead, but just act like it is, and it'll probably be okay. And that's true until the snake bites you. The other reason this matters is if, if I think that I still have a sin nature, then when I'm tempted with sin, I will see that as part of my identity and I'll think that there's nothing I can do about it, that it's just normal. Now, just because your sin nature is dead does not mean that you're never tempted to sin. How many of you are Christians? How many of you have been tempted to sin since you've been a Christian? Why are you tempted to sin if you don't have a sin nature? There are several reasons. One is that you still live in a body. You have a flesh the Bible says. And your body does once, once sometimes some crazy stuff. And in your brain, there's all these chemicals like you've, uh, uh, endorphins and dopamine and, and oxytocin and serotonin. And your brain desires these chemicals. And particularly, dopamine is, is a little bit addictive. That's actually what um, people that get addicted to drugs and things, it's because when they take them, it, it puts a dopamine dump in their brain and it creates this cycle of behavior where they keep wanting more and more and more of that. Now, dopamine isn't evil. All these chemicals are amoral. Your body's amoral. But if you get it geared to where you're getting these uh, chemical dumps from negative stuff, like drugs or recent research shows that you can get a, you can get a hit of dopamine by getting an email or getting a text. And so... Uh, that's why a lot of us are sort of addicted to our phones, Facebook notifications. It's, it's your, it's, when I read that, I was like, that's stressful. So I've been trying not to look at my phone, <laughs> trying not to look at my phone as much. doesn't mean anything negative, but it just, there's these chemicals that sort of sometimes drive behavior. Does that, does that make sense? Our, our, our bodies want things, and if we, if we start down a pathway of negative behavior, then we've got this habit in our body that, that wants us to repeat that behavior. That doesn't mean you have a sin nature. It means you need, to, you need to reprogram how your body uses dopamine. Okay? Secondly, sometimes you, you have wrong ways of thinking that have come because of either you were taught poorly or you were in the world or uh, whatever. You've just got a, a wrong way of thinking about things, and that wrong way of thinking tempts you to sin. So that's another thing. That doesn't mean you have a sin nature. It means you've got a wrong way of thinking. Both those things can be corrected. It's not normal. You don't have to be in bondage to sin as a, correct, as a Christian. That's, if, if you have to wait till heaven, then, then Jesus isn't your Savior. Death is. So, Georgian Vanoff said that, and I thought, wow, that's, that's a, one of those harsh truths. <laughs> The third reason that you sometimes want to sin as a Christian is that there are demons in the world. And one of the ways that the devil talks to you, he can talk to you in your thoughts. And he can put a thought in your head. 
How many of you have ever been wandering around, totally minding your own business, and all of a sudden, you don't have to raise your hand, but I'll raise mine, you have like a terrible thought. Like, like go over there and punch Jeff in the face. Well, I would never go over there and, and punch Jeff, you know, or some, some crazy thought. Go drive off that bridge. Why? I'm not going to drive off the, the bridge. What are, these, what are these thoughts? It's just you're walking around minding your own business, and sometimes the devil says something crazy to you. And what he does that's fascinating is if you don't know this, he will mimic your old sin nature. And he'll come and he'll put a thought, a desire in your heart that was similar to something you wanted before you were a Christian. And he'll say, hey, you aren't really changed. You're still an old sinner. You aren't a new creation. And then he'll, he'll put a thought in your head and then condemn you for having it. It's a really great strategy if you're, I mean, he, he thought it through. But once you know the trick, then it's just a, it's a game. And then you just say, shut up. That's not me. Thank God, that's not me. That's not who I am. I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. I'm a new creation. Everybody say this with me. I'm a new creation. Sin is not my nature. Now, when I say that, I don't just mean acts of rebellion. Now, it does mean that, but sin means to miss the mark. It means to be less than the glory of God. So you could, you could change that and you could just put failure. Failure in any area is not your nature as a Christian. It's not who you are. It doesn't mean you don't fail. It means it's not who you are. And how you identify yourself is important. We don't put on the old man, we put on the new man. So the reason we water baptize people is to help them process and help us process the fact that they're dead to sin. That's the reason we have natural funerals. It's for everybody that's, that's there to help process the fact that this person is now gone. So we're going to have, we have water baptism. Everybody, you that get baptized and everybody around, we look at this person and we think, okay, that person is a new creation. His, his sin nature's dead. I mean, you can say amen to that. Amen. that is a, that's an exciting thing to, to understand. So, but it's not just that you're dead. Uh, did I get letter C there? We don't sin as Christians because it's not who we are. It might be B on your paper. Am I, am I doing the blanks okay? It's been a while since I've done this. Okay, it's B, all right. Let, the next point there, so we have funerals to help you uh, know that people are dead. We have birthday parties to celebrate the fact that people are alive. That's the second half of water baptism. So we don't leave people under the water. Thank God, right? We, we, some of you be practicing CPR. Now we bring them up, and that signifies the fact that you're alive. So letter A at the bottom, not only is it not our nature to sin, but now we have God's nature in us. So not only is it not who you are to, to fail, to be depressed, to uh, commit sin, to do all these kinds of things, it is who you are to do the things like Galatians 5, and 23 say, which are love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit used to really stress me out because I would read that and I would think, oh man... That is a tall order. I, I got to be loving. I got to be patient. I got to. I got to be kind to people. I got to be meek. But but that's not really 
things that we're trying to achieve through human effort. It's, it's part of our new nature as a person, as a person that Jesus recreated us with. And so Paul says, take all that stuff and put it on. Let all that stuff be your identity. What's that mean? Start identifying yourself after that. So everybody say this with me. I'm a loving person. I'm a joyful person. I have peace. Do you need to earn peace? No. You have peace. It's who you are. It's part of your new man. It's a lot easier to do that than to try to, I'm at peace. I've tried. It doesn't work very well. As new creations, we can hear God's voice and dream His dreams. This is, this is a big deal. Not only are our old desires dead because our old man is dead, but now we have new dreams and new desires that come from God. If you don't know that you're going to have dreams and desires that come from God, when you get them, you'll try to kill them and call it holiness. God's looking for people that He can give what they want. Just that you've got to want what He wants first. So not only are you dead, but you're alive. Look at 1 John 4, 17, and I'll quickly draw this to a close. Amen. 1 John 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Focus on this last part. Because as He is, so are we in eternity. Oh, yeah. Because as He is, so are we in this world right now. Now, that's not talking about in your body. My body doesn't look like His yet. His has a lot more hair than mine. My mind doesn't think totally like His yet. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm a lot better than I used to be. But in my spirit, in my inner man, the new me, the new creation that I am in Jesus the new creation that you are in Jesus, you're exactly like Him right now. As He is, so are we right now. Now, how is He? He's, he's peaceful. He's an overcomer. Where is He? Seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. He's exalted. Ephesians says you're seated there with Him. Because as He is, so are you right now. You're in heaven right now. Some of you didn't know it. But in your spirit, you are. That's who you really are. And if you'll identify yourself that way, it'll change your life. So what is the gospel? Letter A, it's the really good news that Christianity isn't a self-help program. Now, I'm not against self-help programs. I'm thankful for them. But a lot of that tends to be about human effort. And me trying to control my flesh through an outward means. Here's the deal. I really believe that if you accept Jesus, that He changes you. So I'm not going to use a whole bunch of external stuff like fear to try to control you. I'm just not. Now, some of you may go do crazy stuff because of that, but it's, just, it's not because you aren't 
a Christian, it's because you don't know who you are yet. So what I try to do is tell you about who you are so you won't go do a bunch of crazy stuff. Christianity isn't a self-help program. I love uh, what another minister said. He said, God didn't want to work on the old you either. It was too hard, so he killed it. <laughs> he just killed it, and he made you a new person. Amen. It's too much of a pain to work on the old you. The old you's dead. So reckon yourself dead, indeed, unto sin. Letter B, the Christian life isn't about trying to become something. It's about renewing your mind to what you've already been made by Jesus' sacrifice. Amen. Does that make sense? So what is the gospel? First of all, you're right with God by faith. Second of all, you are a new creation. If everybody could stand up real quickly. What's going to happen right now is Chris and I are going to go change. You can go get your stuff if you want. And um, we're going to sing one more song that Casey's going to lead. And then you're all welcome to join us uh, in, the, in the pool. Again, it's just you go out this door here, go down the hallway, and go to the right. It'll say natatorium, apparently, or auditorium or something. Apparently that means pool. I was an English teacher and I didn't know that one. But anyway... Uh, right now my prayer team can come down here while we're singing this song if you need personal prayer if you don't know Jesus if you've never been made a new creation today is your day the Bible says today is the day of salvation you can be translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light if you need a miracle if you need prayer for some other issue we've got awesome people down here that would love to pray with you and um, so let me pray for everybody then I'm going to go change real quick and I'll meet everybody over at the pool. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for making us a new creation. Thank you that it's really real. It's really true. We're new. We're not old sinners anymore. We were, but you changed us. You made us the very righteousness of God in Christ. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.